Hello, beautiful people. Welcome or welcome back to the Feeling and Healing podcast by yours truly, Celise. I know that I told you that the way that I'm going to be uploading is it's going to be a little different. I'm really trying not to force myself to create content, but also I need to sort of like produce more content. And I feel like today should be a little fun one. Well, at least for me. I'm sitting in my car right now because I'm just feeling a little anxious and I just feeling very stagnant for some reason and I don't know when I speak into the microphone sometimes it gives me purpose so if you're listening to me today thank you for giving me some sort of purpose today (laughs) um but yeah so if you read the title and you clicked it then you know that this is my not so popular but possibly popular opinions about mental health relationships etc I just feel like these things are super necessary and even if you agree or don't agree with them I would love to hear what you have to say about these opinions and yeah before we get into it I just want to basically I guess give a warning that this does include topics as far as domestic violence as well as sexual assault or sexual trauma. So if you're sensitive to any of these topics, please click out of the episode now. And also I would like to say that again, these are my opinions and my opinions only. If you do share them, that is fine and we can definitely chat about it. But again, these are not fact. These opinions come from my experiences in this life so the first one I have is the overuse of words like toxic and narcissism is diluting the meaning of these words and basically what I mean is like everybody is calling everything toxic like oh my gosh the freaking cafeteria lady is toxic to me or this person is toxic for so and so reason and not saying that that they don't elicit toxic traits and behaviors but when people use the term so broadly without giving it context and they just know like just the meaning of the word it really does dilute it when you know when you're trying to use it very seriously like this person is a narcissist like you you can't take that term lightly the next one I have here is just because something isn't normalized doesn't mean it's not important so I feel like in the new age of social media you know a lot of us who grew up with the internet particularly the the millennials and then also with the gen z now there's this push to normalize everything you know like as far as oh let's normalize these different types of body sizes or whatever but in our day-to-day life these things are normal and just because they aren't normal doesn't mean that they're less important other people have to care about it in order for you to care about it I don't know if that makes sense but it made sense in my head (laughs) topics that people claim aren't normal on social media are actually very normal in real life again like when we have these conversations regarding like cellulite stretch marks you know lumpy bumpy skin acne like all of that is extremely normal we see that on a daily basis no one 
is walking around how they look on social media. And we all know this. We see everybody at the grocery stores, the malls, the parks, all of that. So the fact that we're pushing something that's already normal in our in our terrier reality, it just, you know, questions like the significance of social media in a whole. Like we we deem it as if it's normal on social media, then it must be normal in real life. And it's it should be the opposite. Your romantic partner should not complete you. You should complete or be in the journey of completing yourself. And I mean this in a very sincere and non-judgmental way because a lot of us seek partners in order to fulfill certain voids that we hold against ourselves and what we lack within ourselves. And that inherently is okay as long as it's healthy. Um, and if there's things like, oh, I'm not very assertive and I feel like I need a, a little bit of a more decisive and assertive partner. But when it comes to I am not happy and my partner will make me happy, that's when it's a problem because it it breeds a codependence there that this person, you know, is a part of you in a way. And that you can't, like, part of your identity falls on this person. And that is a huge responsibility for your partner. So seeking completion in a partner, I feel like, is very unhealthy. Being needy is not an issue. Don't let society or people tell you otherwise. If you require additional care that isn't fulfilled by your current relationships that could be platonic, romantic, familial then that's something you need to evaluate within yourselves because no one can tell you how much of something you need. If there's something that you really, you know, that you would feel is better for you, what makes you feel more comfortable, what makes you feel more seen, is a little more additional than you think the other person needs, then maybe you need to find someone who can do that for you. I believe your sexual health takes precedence over your body count. So if someone makes a big issue about your body count, then reevaluate that relationship again. Your body count could be whatever number due to the circumstances of your life. There should be no judgment in how you got your number, uh, just as long as you're taking care of yourself. It is rude to tell someone who doesn't want children that they'll change their mind in the future or that they're being selfish. There are plenty of reasons why some people opt out of being a parent other than infertility, meaning you can't have kids. With the way the world is and concerns about how they could affect their children are valid reasons and should not be minimized. Also, they shouldn't even have to explain why they don't want kids. It's simple. If someone doesn't want kids, they don't need to have kids. We are overpopulated out as it is as a species on this earth. So it's not necessary for us to have kids in the first place at this point. Just because someone doesn't have children doesn't mean they can't voice their opinions to people who have kids in regards to giving them advice to be better parents. It's like, I don't have to smoke crack or meth to know that it's bad for me. And I only say this because everyone in this world is a tri- has been a child. Everyone in this world has parents. You know, just because there are some people who 
give you advice just because you have a kid and they don't doesn't mean that you invalidate their opinion. Someone can genuinely be a good person in certain roles and fail completely in the roles in different types of relationships. So for example, someone could be such a great friend, but not a great romantic partner. So again, this goes as far as when people try to invalidate, let's say, um, domestic violence relationships. As far as when a friend is coming up to you telling you that they are being emotionally um, abused by their partner, and the next response is, wow, but this person is such a great guy, they're very supportive, blah, blah, blah. But that is in turn invalidating that this person can be a bad person to this, to your friend and be a great, excellent, charismatic, charming person to everyone, everyone else. Social media can give people excessive amounts of access into one's personal life. And I think about the fact that some people could just observe you without even speaking one word to you in person. That is just so weird to me. If you wouldn't speak to me in person, there should be no reason why you're following me on social media. You, yes, you can be the villain in someone's story. You're not always the knight in shining armor or the one that got away. You could be the root of someone's trauma, the reason why someone doesn't like a certain thing or food or place and more. You play a very different role in everybody's life. No one is living your life, so no one will ever feel as deeply as you do about your life's experiences, and don't expect them to. You're not as important as you think you are in the grand scheme of things, and that's okay. I feel like a lot of us place the world on our shoulders when we have so much going on. Like, we all have our issues, we all have our traumas, we are all dealing with something. But when you kind of set sit back and see just how big this world is, how big the universe is, it kind of helps just scale your problems. Like, you know, there's something bigger than me that out there. I'm not the most important thing. And that really is comforting. Your sexuality, sexual identity, or gender are not personality traits. And maybe I'm saying this as a privileged quote-unquote cisgendered, quote-unquote heterosexual black woman that, you know, these things were never an issue, issue for me growing up. However, I can say as a black person, as a black individual in the United States of America living in New England, the to place so much value in those labels. I don't like to be labeled. So, but I do not also I do not disregard the fact that my experience in this country is a lot different than let's say you would say the cisgender cisgendered heterosexual white male. So, obviously I'm not disregarding that, but I feel like when humans try to place us in these boxes so tightly, it really again, it dehumanizes us like we're more than just these things like these things aren't it's literally just a part of us it's not what makes us us and correct me if I'm wrong if I'm not expressing it the way that you think then 
I would love to hear that opinion and why you think that that is part of your identity. But yeah, let's keep going. What doesn't kill you, I believe, makes you weaker. And I will probably get a lot of slack for this, but um, I think this is true, at least for me. So I'm going to give an example and hopefully you can follow along. Like, don't don't click off now. (laughs) You've been here this whole time. So just hear me out when I explain this. So think of yourself as a square piece of glass. I don't know why I went with this shape, but please go with it. (laughs) Throughout life, you're going to acquire faint scratches that you can probably clear over time. You're going to acquire deeper scratches that you can't quite get out, but maybe you can buff out just a little bit, but they're still there. And then sometimes, or maybe one big thing in your life, someone may just throw a rock at you and break you into small pieces. And you'll then have to put yourself back together, but you'll never be that same smooth, clear piece of glass that you were when you first came to this world and you probably won't even be a square (laughs) you're gonna have to create your own shape and with that you aren't as rigid as you once were you um have more bumps and lumps and yeah there will always be a reminder that somewhere in your life whether that be trauma responses changing attachment styles children scars what have you those are reminders about what has hurt you in your life and I feel like yes in a sense you can definitely get stronger from the things that happen to you but when I think about how trauma has occurred to me and even when I read a lot of forums and discuss things with other people we become more we're more sensitive to these things now because it happened to us we have such a personal experience to it It's not like when we were kids and we're not scared of much of anything. We're not exposed to what our parents and what our family members deemed as scary. We're not as innocent anymore. Throughout our life, we start seeing things and things start happening to us for real. And in a sense, that does make us weaker because now we are... We, we have to be handled with care. We have to do things such as trigger warnings to not elicit traumatic stress responses with people who suffer from PTSD. So in a sense, I do think that the depending on the severity of your trauma and obviously severity is relative to you and only you don't let me dictate what that is to you. I feel like the severity of our responses do make our the severity of our traumas do make us weaker. Learning to cope sucks because what you're doing is just learning how to deal with the trauma and or what's bothering you. It doesn't have to necessarily be trauma, but again, trauma is a really big thing right now uh, instead of actually removing it from your life. So coping furthers enabling in some cases, at least for me, like let's say I want to give you guys an example because I feel like this is necessary let's talk about it when people tell you to cope people are telling you to learn how to deal with it in a sense that you're not changing that environment you're just learning how to basically create this bubble around you within the environment and the way that I want to do things is I want to get out of an environment that is continuing to traumatize me obviously that's not always 
that's not always possible with finances or dynamics in relationships or whatever that's going on in your life. But teaching people how to cope can only get you so far. I think it needs we need to start teaching each other techniques and tools to get us out of environments that have placed us in this trauma in the first place. That concludes all of this. <laughs> that concludes the episode. And again, I don't want you to think I'm viewing these topics as something that I can't change my mind on. This is just how I am, silly September 9th, 2021 at 3 49 p.m this is right after one of my nursing classes so these opinions can change literally anytime i just i have gathered a lot of these things from experiences so i just want to thank you thank you so much if you got to this point you are truly a friend to me and i am really (laughs) really thankful about that If you are up for it, please leave a rate and review under whatever platform that you're listening to me to. Thank you for tuning in to another Feeling and Healing episode by yours truly, Celise. And I am going to talk to you very soon. Bye.